The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Um, anyway... Let's not start with all of that. As okay. And catch just like, ah, baby talk, baby talk, baby talk. It's okay. You know what's funny? So a certain friend of mine came down last week to uh-huh. give me my bridesmaid's dress. And the yes. color is way better in person than it is online. So she brought her maid of honor to my house because she wanted to see the dress. So for some reason, we got on the topic of feeding babies and how some people do the bottle and some people do the boob, right? So certain friends made of honor said, I have this friend who had a nipple piercing and she had to take it out to feed the baby and her milk came out one, <laughs> two, three. And I was like, oh my God, I uh-huh. never would have thought of that because she was like, hey, you want to see something? And then she took her and she squirted it and it was like, <laughs> which, <laughs> okay, I didn't know this until I was pregnant or trying to get pregnant that milk comes out more than one hole in your nipple like it's not oh, one yeah. hole no, no it's, it's not multiple one hole. It's pores a lot. yeah so that that was already enough but i that's but the one of adding the extra holes that go that's sideways the so don't get your nipple pierced i thought about i thought about breastfeed i mean getting nipple pierced at one point in college and um look at you daredevil and <laughs> whatever and um but I knew people who had had babies who were like, if you want to breastfeed, don't do it. Wait till you're done breastfeeding if you want to do it. Which I was like, oh, Also, I'm smart. considering piercing my nose. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. That's what... Yeah, but Claire, I don't... Okay, you have to get the dot like Abby had. You can't get the circle because the circle, I think, would look bad on you. You need the dot. Okay. Like, you need, you need dot, the little dot, jewel not a in ring. your nose. Yeah, don't get the ring because I don't so think that would look like... good on you. The no, 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 I will come up there and stab you. No, you get I know, the dot. I, it wouldn't get look good. Dot. I wouldn't look good with the septum. I, no, I because of your nose shape, it would elongate your nose would, even further yeah. and it would not look good even on your for, face. Yeah. Did she say you have a long nose? No, I'm saying it, no, it's, okay. be, it's the, sh- it's yeah. not the, it's, it's the not shape. the length, it's the shape. It's yeah, and you can't get the you can't get the ring on the side either. You need the dot. Okay, I go with that. Jeez. Also, I didn't know you can when you do. I think you can get away with the hoop, but you'd have to get a really tiny one that's really really tiny hoop that hugs it. See, that's what I was thinking. But no, at the dot. I will get both, and I'll see what looks good. Okay, or I'll just find a Snapchat filter that shows. Okay, wait. I will tell you from experience of having nose rings for a long time. The way to get the tightest around your nose is to use a lip piercing and a lip hoop Smart. instead of a nose poop. Poop. Anyway. It sounds like you said nose words. poop. <laughs> okay. You know what? That's not. Anyway. It's not. <laughs> anyway. Um, also, I learned the other day that you can, for a lip piercing, you can get it like in the middle, which is the Medusa, or you can actually get it through the lip. And I can't remember what it's called, but I was like, that sounds so weird. And then one of my friends got it and I'm like, that's actually kind of cute. I would never get it because I would probably like pull at it with my teeth and rip it through my lip. 
but it looks so good on her. And I'm like, dang, I never I'm too much of doing that. I have too much I, of an oral fixation for things because yeah. that's why I chew mm-hmm. gum and I. That's no. why I couldn't get my tongue pierced is because like I had friends who did it and they would just run the bell, the barbell up and down behind their teeth. I would destroy I like, my teeth. Oh, I would destroy I would des- my teeth. Destroy my teeth. Yeah. I was going to say, don't do that because the amount of people my dad's like, how'd you do that? Ah. Yep. 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 Ah. Don't do it. Yeah. I just remember <laughs> growing up, uh, a friend of the family was like, don't get your tongue pierced. Men will look at it and the only thing they'll think of is getting a blowjob from you. And I'm like, I mean, is- yes, I'm sure that will cross their mind, but like, I don't think that's the only thing that's going to cross their mind. But no. Nah. Probably okay, more so, so what had happened oh, was... Yeah, so what had happened, yeah. We, we didn't even no. say hi. Oh, yeah. No, we um, didn't hey, say hi. yo, sup, uh, piercings. Okay, so what had happened was... <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be a shit show. Okay. <laughs> Hello, listeners! I almost said viewers, but then you can't see us. <laughs> so. Hello, cat. Hi. 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 I feel like we did this on a recent episode, but I don't care because what you need to understand, everybody, is that that is how Kat and I like answer the phone pretty much every time. It's like, hi, 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 hi. (laughs) It just gets progressively weirder until we're like, okay, so why did you call? Yeah, we have issues. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are so weird. It's really entertaining to (laughs) exist in that bubble for a little bit every week. 28 years in the making. 29 years in the making this year. We met when we were two cat. We were in pre-K2 together. Jesus. QS co-op. So. Which we still have been friends as long as I've been alive. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You met at two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that we feel old. Cat, what happened? (laughs) Okay, so basically the whole last chapter was just reading letters back and forth from everybody. So Sirius was writing to Harry, Harry wrote to Sirius, Hermione wrote to Remus, Sirius gave Remus crap for writing to a little girl. (laughs) And he was like, but in my mind, she's not a little girl, but whatever, dude. So it was just a bunch of like letter correspondent writing because that's the name of the chapter, ha, correspondent. But yeah, so (laughs) it was just a bunch of like back and forth letter reading. There wasn't like any like mega significant uh moments okay yeah but it also was showing basically the whole for their whole fourth year through letters yeah. yes yeah so it's lots of time passage lots of time passage and also sort of like the development of the friendship between hermione and remus the familial bond between harry and sirius yeah exactly uh sirius figuring out how to handle his soul bondy being a teenager and dating boys. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Soul bond E. That took way too long for me to process. I thought <laughs> I was, okay. You I, thought Y instead of E. Yes. Okay. Because I visualize as I talk or as people talk, I visualize the way words are spelled, which I realize is kind of weird, but I've met other people who do this. Um, it's part of my internal monologue that I also spell things as I do them. I think it's because I read so much. So, mm-hmm. so much of my vocabulary is from written word. But anyway, so I was trying to figure out why 
B-O-N-D-Y, Bondi, why that yes. was a, but Bondi. Bondi. Yeah. Okay. That also, makes a quick uh, Blaze update. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So Blaze works at a public university. And he works in an office that assists students. Well, somebody had reached out to him directly because he's a supervisor-ish level. And the person was like, hey, so I need, you know, an answer to this. And so Blaze gave the answer and the guy was like, I don't agree with that. And then calls the office and Blaze answers the phone. He's like, hi, I'd like to discuss this. Of course, not realizing that Blaze and on the phone and Blaze on the email are the same person. Um, Because when you answer the phone, it's just office of blah, 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 blah. How can I help you? And so this person starts going, and Blaze gives him the exact same answer. And he was like, I don't agree with that. And hung up. And then he emails the functional inbox of office of blah, 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 at blank, blank, you.com. And then gets the same answer and is really mad. Is it still not put together? It's one dude. Is the one person behind every avenue of communication for this office. It just makes me really happy. Because this guy now thinks that all three of these people are in lockstep and it's all just the same person. That's hilarious. Anyway, okay. Oh, um, also, for those of you, I, I feel like we talked about TikTok on the last episode, but I just want to make it really clear. I went fucking viral and I now have like, I'm probably going to hit 2000 followers by the end of the week. One of my videos has 100,000 views and it's fucking wild. And I have now branched out to Harry Potter memes as of today. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, yes, and I'm then so I had popular. to have the conversation with my dad yesterday about oh, how he's trying to convince me to download that app. And I was like, I don't want the Chinese to have my information. That's what I said. And he was like, well, didn't you say that Claire has one and she just used like a crap email and a fictional character from Harry Potter's birthday as the password? And I was and like, I- yeah. He's like, well, why don't you just do that? And then China won't take your money. Not that you have any money for them to take, but... <laughs> I was like, how dare you? I have some money, thank you very much. I get $75 once a week. (laughs) They could buy noodles with that. (laughs) So much ramen. Part of me does not care. I don't care. We're hitting that point, I think, in today's day and age. Everybody has has everything. I don't. So part of me doesn't care. The reason I haven't downloaded the clock app is because I know I will enjoy it too much. And I am saving it from I'm saving myself from myself. The algorithm (laughs) is so fucking good. That's that's why I know how good it is. Yeah, but I might have to. that's why i I swear to god that's why they called it tiktok is because tiktok all your time is gone on this fucking app because it sucks you in yeah and i might have to because since my i'm going back to school for digital marketing all these (gasps) internships and jobs i'm applying for want you to know how to use it so i might have to do it anyway just so i can get paid yep yep which i hate i can help you figure out the algorithm so you can get lots of followers (laughs) yeah i'm good right now but, but my other problem is, is that if I do it, I need a catchy name because Claire can be clairvoyant. There's no cat stuff. I need cat stuff. Kit Kat, Patty Wet. Anyway, uh, that was <laughs> just made the face that I'm sure all of you are making like, no, that's not cute. That's, that's really not sexual. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> no. Anyway. Oh, my God. She wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, all three books from his point of view. Anyway, the dead of time. That's not news. I know. I didn't know that. 
Anyway, the dead of time. Yeah. Oh my God. We need to read because my child's been down for. So ADHD. Chapter 112. Holy Jesus. That is not the name of the chapter. Don't be ridiculous. I know it's not, but holy crap. I know. Or one more episode after this before the season's over. It's crazy. Oh, we get to use one of my favorite words. This is the penultimate episode of season I seven. love that word. It's such it's a good, good word. All right. <clears throat> Author's note. At this point during writing, I was still disliking Goblet of Fire, so I decided to throw in a little surprise. I'm actually really pleased with it, and it turned out to be one of my favorite moments of the entire series. I chose what chapter this is. Sorry, continue. I don't remember, so I'll be surprised. Uh, Chapter 112, It's a Werewolf Thing. March 4th, 1995. Embarrassing is what it was. A nearly 35-year-old man hovering outside Sugar Plum's sweet shop because the owner thought she saw a Death Eater walking down the street. I know what this is. Sorry. Since the attack at the Quidditch World Cup the previous summer, alleged Death Eater sightings had increased tenfold. While Remus had no business investigating them, he couldn't help but linger around Diagon Alley as the oars followed up on each report. Well, one oar. The purple-haired witch stared incredulously at the old shop owner, looking like she was trying her best to not appear bored. Her robes hung open haphazardly, the hint of a weird sister's logo printed on the shirt she wore beneath, and there were rips in her jeans that looked like she had done, th- uh, done them herself on purpose. Her black boots were decidedly non-muggle and came up an inch or so above her ankles. One had a large scuff mark across the toe that looked like paint. Unlike every other part of her that screamed, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Her aura badge was pinned in exactly the right spot and shined so brightly that the reflected sunlight pouring in from the nearest window was creating spots on the wall in front of her. Oh, is this Tonks? Yes. Also, can we take a second to appreciate that one paragraph? It so perfectly paints the picture of this super clumsy person, like the scuffs on the shoes, the rips on the jeans, the weird sister t-shirt where it's like, I don't give a fuck, and everything's kind of haphazard and messy, except for the aura badge that she worked so hard for, which is perfectly shining and pinned exactly right. Like, I love you that. get all of Tonks' personality. Yeah, she has a very Avril Lavigne thing going on. Because when she first started, her outfit was like, I don't give a crap, but her makeup was always yes. like, perfect in her face. And like, I know she got people, but I'm just saying it's kind of like the same thing. Like, Yes. Yeah, it, it was yeah. artistically tousled. Tousled? Tousled. Tussle is something different. Tousled. Tussle is like wrestling. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, wait a second. I said it out loud, and now I just realized I've never said it out loud before. Uh, And again, uh, if you mispronounce things on TikTok, everyone will fucking tell you. Uh, I got raked over the coals for basically everything in A Court of Thorns and Roses, and people are already getting a jump on Throne of Glass, even though I haven't started it yet. I I, I can help you with this. I'm listening to the audiobook. Okay, good. I was like, it turns out it's not Otterland. It's Otterland. Otterland. Okay. Yeah. Tomato. I listened to the audiobook. I learned things. It turns out that Cole is actually Kaol. Oh, yeah. I knew that one. There's a pronunciation guide in the front of the book. Yeah. I hate it. (sighs) Her youthful appearance deserved a constant smile, Remus thought, but she instead looked frustrated as she prompted the old woman to continue speaking. 
And you think he was a Death Eater because? I don't think, Missy. I know. It was a Death Eater. It was. I saw them back in the First War. An owl perched on the counter, flinched at the piercing tone, and took flight. I saw them. I did. Walked right in front of my shop this morning, wearing black robes and that Death Eater mask. I recognized him, though. Had to be that Lestrange fellow. Lestrange? A purple eyebrow lifted in evident annoyance. Both Lestrange brothers were securely locked away in Azkaban, and it was a well-known fact. Which one? And how exactly did you know it was him, if he was wearing a mask? After another twenty minutes of listening to Death Eater conspiracy theories, the young witch put on her best polite face, which Remus recognized looked eerily similar to her you're a mental bint face, and bid the shop owner farewell. She dashed out the door and made a quick left out of the shop, heading down towards the leaky cauldron. Out of what was clearly a terrible habit, Remus quietly left the shop and proceeded to follow her. He had no logical reason for it, of course, but with Death Eater activity being reported all across Wizarding Britain, Remus felt the urge to protect. Sirius was on the run up near Hogsmeade, and Harry and Hermione were both safely locked behind Hogwarts wards that only left her, his mate, unguarded. He hated thinking that she couldn't take care of herself. She was an Auror, after all. Then again, Remus had seen her trip four times that morning, and the wolf inside him paced nervously. It wasn't stalking. He just needed to make sure she was safe. He had followed her all morning, watching from a distance as she went from shop to shop, taking statements from a vast majority of crazy, paranoid elderly witches and wizards. Nymphadora Tonks was good at her job, a bit brusque at times, and she had little patience for bullshit and attitude. Earlier that morning, she had hit a man with a stinging hex for leering at her. Remus followed her past the sweet shop, with his eyes fixed on the ground until her footsteps stopped. "'Are you following me?' she bluntly asked. She was talking to him. To him. Flustered, Remus froze and tried to remember how words worked. "'What? Me? I... walking? What? Um...' He swallowed hard, eyes wide as they stared into hers. "'They're blue today,' he thought to himself, as his breath quickened in a panic." Not knowing what else to say, he decided that fleeing would be the best option, so he quickly turned on his heels and ran face-first into the side of a building. <laughs> a moment later, he found himself staring up at the sky, the prettiest witch in the world hovering over him. "'I see you've met Wally,' she said with a grin. He blinked. "'Wally?' "'Yeah,' she chuckled, and then gestured to the brick building he had just cracked his forehead against. She touched the wall affectionately. Wally and I have had our run-ins in the past. See this? She knelt down beside Remus, who flinched away from her. She was pointing to a small scar on the left side of her forehead. It was barely visible, and, had she not pointed it out, he might have never known it was there. Cracked my head clean open when I was eleven. Was so bloody excited to get my Hogwarts shopping done that I ran straight into old Wally here. Woke up in St. Mungo's six hours later. Remus grimaced at the thought, prompting him to wonder aloud. Are you... All right. What, ten years later? She asked with a chuckle. Yeah, I think I'll live. He smiled at the sound of her laughter, which he thought was the loveliest sound in the known universe. So, are you going to tell me why you were following me? Eyes wide. His smile faded, and he felt the blood drain from his face. 
He had known who she was for over fifteen years, had seen her from time to time, always from a distance, here and there, but never once made contact, and now he had spoken eleven words to her, and more than half of them had not made a lick of sense. I was just, um, because Death Eaters, and you're an Auror. She rolled her eyes, suddenly looking perturbed. You've spotted a Death Eater, have you? Well, I'm officially off the clock. Haven't eaten all day. If you want to make your report, you'll have to talk while I grab lunch. Come on. She held her hand out to help him. Remus stared at it. Go on, then. She shoved her palm closer to him. I ain't gonna bite ya. Remus laughed loudly, much louder than he intended to, had he even intended on laughing in the first place. He covered his mouth and blushed apologetically. I'm sorry, I wasn't laughing at you, just... He winced, embarrassed, and stood on his own, ignoring her hand. She appeared to take no offense, dusting her hands off before spinning around, literally spinning, and darting off towards the leaky. Watch her, Tom! she shouted as she entered the pub, making her way to an empty table and taking a seat, but not before knocking over a chair in the process, clearing her throat as she righted it. Two butterbeers and a big plate of chips, if you please. As though lost, Remus followed her inside and sat down opposite, blinking wide-eyed as she ordered the drinks, one of which was presumably for him. It suddenly and strangely felt like a date. But it could not be a date. They had never actually technically met before, despite Remus having previously met her mother on numerous occasions, not to mention being best friends with her cousin for over twenty years. She didn't even know his name. So, Death Eaters, she said, bringing her attention up to Remus's face. You seen him? What? Um, no. I was just, I mean, I heard that there had been sightings. You were following me because you heard there had been Death Eater sightings? She watched him, carefully, and when he was certain she could tell his discomfort had reached an all-time high, she winked at him and sent his heart plummeting into his stomach. Think I'll protect you? she asked, with a grin. Remus huffed indignantly, swallowing as he waited for his heart to climb back up into his chest. I can take care of myself quite well, thank you he retorted, with an air of smugness. You're much too friendly. You shouldn't trust people so easily. In fact, I could have been a Death Eater myself. You kept your back to me the whole walk over here. It's not safe for you to just... She snorted, in amusement, the sound interrupting him. You're no Death Eater. Remus scowled, not sure if he should be offended or not. And how do you know that? Easy. She took a sip from her butterbeer after Tom set both bottles down on the table, slipping the plate of chips between them. Remus screamed at himself inside of his head when his eyes focused in on the way her lips wrapped around the opening of the bottle, when her tongue darted out to lick at a stray drop on her bottom lip. He whispered, Fucking hell, under his breath. Death Eaters are pureblood fanatics, and even if you were a pureblood, which you're not, they wouldn't take you because you're a werewolf. His entire body froze solid, and he felt his breath catch in his throat. This was not how this was supposed to happen. He was supposed to meet her casually, not get caught stalking her in Diagon Alley. He was supposed to introduce himself with a smile, not run into a wall like a wanker. He was supposed to... <laughs> Sorry, Annabeth just lost it. 
<laughs> just just think it run into a wall like a wanker. It, like it's not funny until you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to invite her to dinner, not silently follow her into the leaky. And then months and months and maybe years down the road, when she'd had time to get to know him, he would slowly introduce her to the fact that he was a werewolf. Which she apparently already knew. Wait, I have a question. Does he know that she's who she is and that eventually they're gonna... Or does he not know? He knows that she's her. Oh, she's okay. his mate. Oh, okay. He knows, so, but she doesn't. Yes. So, remember back when Maya was still in the past, um, Sirius ran into Andromeda, his cousin, and invited her back to their apartment. Yeah, I, I remember that. And then he's like, I smell biscuits and then she kept him in the bathroom yeah so i just didn't know if he knew that that was the same little girl yes. or not okay yes yes he's he's known who she was the whole time and that's kind of why he's stalking her right now is because his wolf is like you must protect her even though she doesn't know okay i, I didn't know that because like obviously people change as they get older so i just didn't know that he like yeah knew but then again why would he just be creepy for no reason so i guess it makes sense that he knows but <laughs> I may be dead clumsy and trip over my feet 50% of the time that I'm touching solid ground, she said with a smirk, but I'm a good oarer, despite the fact that I may or may not have had issues with the stealth and tracking portion of my testing. I'm pretty handy at everything else, like investigation. I know exactly who you are, Remus Lupin. He exhaled sharply at the way his name sounded falling from her lips so easily. You come by the ministry about once a month to put down job applications, but the wizarding world can't pull their heads from their arses, so you never get hired because of your condition. I saw you lingering in the atrium once at work and asked old Mad-Eye if he knew you. He told me your name and then said to mind my bloody business and get back to work. So, naturally, I looked you up. Found you on the registry pretty quick, to be honest. They need to up the security down in administrations. Why would you think to look me up in the registry? Was the only question he could think was appropriate enough to ask. I've seen you about, she shrugged and pushed the plate of chips in front of him. Eat something. You're all skin and bones. As though her command was something he couldn't bear to avoid, Remus snatched up a single chip and shoved it into his mouth. Anyway, since I can change my appearance at will, I was curious as to how you kept finding me. Smell, right? Remus nodded and then remembered to chew. I knew it, she cheered victoriously, her eyes brightening in excitement. After swallowing slowly, he asked, You don't think it's weird? No. Do you think this is weird? She scrunched up her nose, and her hair changed from purple to turquoise. When Remus shook his head, she smiled. See? Can't help what you are. Out of curiosity, what do I see? You are like? talking in her voice like the little girl from Up when she first meets Carl. It's like, you're going to be my friend, okay? You're weird. I like you. You don't talk much. You're going to be my friend, okay? Like, that's what you're, That's what her voice is when you do that. But she's kind yeah, of like that. Like, oh, my God. I didn't even realize I was channeling yeah, Ellie. Yeah, like, hi, you're going to be my friend, okay? I don't care if you like me or not, but you're weird. I like you. Cool. Ha, ha. Oh my god, I'm now picturing Remus and Tonks as Ellie and Carl, and it's so yeah. cute. Especially because Remus is kind of a grumpy yeah. old man. Like, he even before he was a grumpy old man. Yeah. That's adorable. She keeps him youthful. Yeah. Tonks would totally pin a 
grape soda cap. Yeah. To his hey, shirt. kid, what are you doing? <laughs> totally. That movie's so freaking wholesome. I, I know. It. It's like my favorite movie, but it's just like, it's so sad in the beginning. It's just like. Also, I'm really sad. I thought one of my friends was naming their kid Kevin because she kept referring to him as Kevin when he was in the womb. And then I found out that it was a mix of she loves Kevin from Up and also she was due at Christmas. So it was the Kevin from Home Alone. And that's why she was calling him Kevin. His name is actually Sawyer. But she she kept calling. So I thought his name was going to be Kevin. I almost got her something with something ke- like Kevin written on it. And then I'm like, ooh, glad I didn't do that. <laughs> that's hilarious. I know. Anyway, dead of time. Biscuits, Remus replied without thinking, and then immediately felt his face burn hot with embarrassment. She laughed brightly, the sound filling up the room. Nice! Better than dung bombs or stink sap. Oh, I'm Tonks, by the way. She tossed a chip in her mouth and then licked the salt from her fingers before rubbing it off on her jeans. Then she held that hand out to him in greeting. But I'm guessing you already knew that. Remus stared at her palm once more as though he'd never seen a human hand in his entire life. You're not afraid to let a werewolf touch you? I'm a little offended that a werewolf hasn't been taught that it's rude to not accept a hand of greeting when it's offered to him. She replied, mockingly, wiggling her fingers. But you also had your hands in your mouth before you did that, so nobody (laughs) would want to touch you after that. (laughs) Post-pandemic yes. life. Yeah, post-pandemic <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Somebody reviewed a book the other day, and they're like, so I'm reading this book, and it's really bothering me because the character keeps time traveling between 1994 and 2002, or, or 2020, and uh, they're not wearing a mask in 2020, and I hate it. The book was written in 1994. <laughs> and I'm like, can you imagine giving a book a one-star review because it was written... Twenty six years before, and they didn't know that there was going to be a global pandemic. So dumb. Uh, It's apparently there's been like an uptick of authors going. So when we write about twenty twenty, do we incorporate masks or do we just wipe it away? TV shows too. There's so many TV shows that have like a. This takes place in a fictional world. Yeah, because Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. because after they stopped addressing COVID, yeah, they had to do that again. Which actually, by the way, that comes back on Thursday. I'm so excited. Like, I, I, I have oh, to thank know what fuck. happens. Golly. Yeah. yeah, same. I did not realize that that was a mid-season finale. And I watched it and was like, yeah. wait, there's no more? Wait, there's no more? <laughs> it's okay. <sighs> It'll be this week. It's fine. Anxiety. Yeah, it's just like how, like, I don't know how caught up you are on Sister Wives, but I'm so mad about how they're handling all these germs and stuff. And then Garrison and Gabe got sick, and I was like, ha, that's what you get. Um, I, I'm trying to remember where I left off, but I, I left, uh, I don't have uh, Discovery Um, Plus anymore, so I stopped mid-season. I'm so mad at them. But I think the last one I saw... Christine had moved all of Cody's stuff. Oh, out yeah. And, like, <gasps> the, the, the season finale was last night, so they're doing that sit-down interview. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my Chandler. God. No. One no. Yemen road, Yemen. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, so mad at them. Like, I just want to, like, slap them. And it's, like, Robin's sitting there crying because she doesn't think that Cody and Christine tried to repair their marriage. She's like, you didn't even try. I'm just, like, 
Yeah, I haven't seen that part, but that yeah, checks it, out. It's so bad. Like, I'm kind of... I do think it's funny when she saw interviews, so she was like, I did not sign up for monogamy, and he's here I too I know, much. right? He smiled nervously and took her hand. The very second that her skin touched his, Remus felt it, a tiny golden string connecting them. His heart rate quickened, and he wondered if she felt it, too. The relaxed look on her face said that, no, she had not. But he was pleased to discover for himself the feeling that Maya and Sirius had described to him all those years ago. "'Are you the same Remus Lupin that used to live with my cousin?' Nymphadora asked, out of the blue, snatching a few chips from their now-shared plate. "'You know about that?' Remus raised a brow. "'I mean, you remember? You were so—' He paused and winced. Young. She was so young. Pretty good memory on me. Plus, Mum and I aren't exactly invited to many black family reunions. Not that there would be any, considering most of them are either in Azkaban or dead these days. It makes it a little easier to remember the good family members. And you think Sirius is good? Isn't he supposedly Voldemort's right-hand man who betrayed his friends, murdered muggles, and escaped Azkaban? No. She smiled thoughtfully, and the roots of her hair turned pink. He's the cousin who used to share his cauldron cakes with me when I was little, and never minded that I broke his favorite whiskey tumbler. He had a cat that didn't like me, but he said it didn't matter, because it didn't like him, either. He slipped me a sickle any time I made Mum roll her eyes. He had a girlfriend who let me eat chocolate bars from a cauldron that she kept under the sink. She laughed at the memory not noticing the shocked and mildly annoyed look on Remus's face. <laughs> that would be his chocolate stash that <laughs> Maya was feeding her from. <laughs> and they had a flatmate who was always sick whenever I came over. His name was Remus Lupin. He studied her carefully as he finished off his butterbeer. And, despite everything, my mom always said that Sirius was innocent, Considering she's still married to my dad after everything she had up against her, I like to think that my mom is a pretty good judge of character. How does that make you? any sense? She just said he had a friend named Remus Lupin. You're talking to Remus Lupin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's saying that, like, she knew that she made the connection. She knew all these things about him. Yes. Okay. She was just proving to Remus that she knew the connection. Oh, okay. I, I would have said that differently, but okay. What about me? Remus asked. What do you think about my cousin? He paused and let the question linger in the air. I don't think there's anything in the world he wouldn't do for those he loves. Family and friends mean the world to him. I hope you'll be reunited someday. He'd love to see you. You say that like you've talked to him recently. Clearing his throat, Remus chuckled softly. I can assure you, Miss Tonks, I do not know the current location of Sirius Black. It was not a lie. He knew Sirius was up in Hogsmeade, but he roamed from time to time. It's just Tonks. And you still haven't answered my question, by the way. Why were you following me? Remus hesitated. He wanted to lie, but something felt wrong about it. I wanted to make sure that you were... safe. He cringed as the words left his mouth. She laughed. That's an odd thing for a stranger to do. He grimaced at the word stranger. Care to explain why you're worried about my safety? Not particularly. Well, don't worry your handsome face about me, she insisted, unaware of the way his eyes widened or the way his breath caught in his throat when she called him handsome. People think just because I was a Hufflepuff means I'm some weak little sap 
Trust me, she said, her blue eyes flashing with a look of daring that was reminiscent of Sirius and Maya. A black family trait, no doubt. I am not a girl to be trifled with. I don't think you're weak. I, I was just worried. It's a werewolf thing. Maybe you being Sirius's cousin makes me feel, I don't know, protective? He leaned forward and put his face in his hands. Sorry, that's weird and inappropriate. It's a little weird, she acknowledged, a tone of amusement in her voice. If you'd like to be friends, it would make it a lot less weird. Remus rose a brow and opened one of his eyes to look at her. You don't even know me. What I do know, I like, she grinned sat back in her chair, and threw a chip in the air, catching it in her mouth. You're a man who happens to be a werewolf. You have a long-term loyalty to my family, the good side at least. You run into walls and didn't bother to pick up the chair that I knocked over, which means that despite you saying you're worried about my safety, you're okay with letting me clean up my own messes. You apply for jobs at the ministry even though they're not going to hire you, which either says that you're clueless, resilient, or that you've been going there for another reason. At this, Remus's face flushed, and Nymphadora smirked, as though she got confirmation for a silent theory. And you didn't eat all the chips, she gestured to the plate in front of them. I've created lifelong friendships knowing less, but if it's not enough for you, then we can play twenty questions. What house were you in at Hogwarts? Gryffindor, Remus replied, with a genuine smile, the scent of biscuits flooding his senses. The way she smiled in his direction warmed him over. Ah, loyal, handsome, and brave. She leaned her elbow on the table and rested her chin in her palm. There was a devious glint in her eyes. What on earth will I ever do with you? Love me, marry me, shag me, stupid. He stared into blue eyes that were slowly shifting green, the same shade he saw in the mirror every day. Her hair was changing as well, turning into his sandy blonde color, minus the gray streaks. He took it as a good sign and summed up that famous Gryffindor courage, suggesting, You could let me take you to dinner. March 10th, 1995. You look like hell, Remus said, as he made his way into the cave Sirius was apparently living in with Buckbeak. There was a large nest in the corner where the hippogriff was content to sleep, surrounded by rat carcasses and chicken bones. Remus cringed at the sight, his nose twitching at the offensive smell. From the way that Sirius casually regarded his dwelling, he had long since grown accustomed to the stench. Opposite Buckbeak's nest was a pile of papers, a mixture of the Daily Prophet and Witch Weekly. He could see Harry's picture in a few, and one of Hermione dancing with a tall, bulky boy. You're terrible at sweet-talking, Mooney. Now you're definitely not getting in my pants. You're sleeping in a cave, Remus pointed out. Sirius shrugged. You occasionally sleep in a cage. Don't be a judgmental prick. Remus sighed. He had spent the past few days meeting up with Nymphadora. Tonks, he tried to remind himself, in Diagon Alley, having lunch at the Leaky or stopping at Florian's for a bite of ice cream. He would not necessarily call the outings dates, especially since he could never afford to take her anywhere nice, and she always insisted on paying her half of the bill when it came. It was nice enough to spend time with her, be near her, and get to know her as a person. The ache to keep her safe slowly dulled, as did his utter idiocy any time she spoke or smiled in his general direction. 
Remus was actually finding himself happier than he had been in years, and the reason was painfully obvious. Just as obvious, and just as painful, was the understanding as to why Sirius was looking worse than ever. Stuck living in a cave so close to Hogwarts that he could see the towers from this distance, yet unable to be near Harry or Hermione with the exception of reading about them in the papers. It was something that Remus himself had been doing, and, if Sirius was taking any of what was written about them to heart, it was no wonder he looked a mess. Reminder to Cat, uh, at this point in Goblet of Fire, everything is saying that Hermione and Harry are dating. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Rhea Skeeter took a picture of them outside the dragon tent, Hugging. or the tent before the dragon task the first task of them hugging and then it became this huge thing and it's a giant she's like a heartbreaker with this love triangle between her and victor crumb and harry Mm -hmm. yeah i remember that she's annoying skater she's one of those people that if yeah just one of those people that if tmz existed in the wizarding world she'd like call and be like i'm gonna leak this story unless you say something one she is tmz she is wizarding she is wizarding tmz I will say she is one of the, f- <laughs> for sure. Um, I will say that Rita Skeeter's portrayal in the movies is one of the few people that like they pulled straight from my brain. Yes, and the way she was portrayed in the movie, like you know her. what I mean. Like some people, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. To Umbridge me. was but too pretty. No, she was gorgeous. Imelda. No, no, that's what I'm saying. What's her last name? Imelda yeah, Staunton way too pr- was way too you. pretty to be. Agreed. Umbridge. Have you seen the interview where people are like, yeah, so you're described as a toad with the fly. And she's like, thanks. Well, no, no, no. She was like, no, the quote was, uh, she was telling the reporter, she was like, yeah, everybody kept telling me how perfect I'd be for this role. And then you read about her and you see that she's described as a toad. So I was just like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> also, yeah. her husband is Carson from Downton. I know. They're so cute. And their daughter is... Uh, in um, Game Bridgerton. Of, oh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I But Rita Skeeter is one of the few characters that, like... The costume, uh, the face, the hair, the attitude. Her accent. Like, everything. Her like, everything gloss. was so exactly how I pictured her. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. I'm worried about you is all... Why don't you come back to the cottage? You've already lost all the weight you put on last summer, and I promised Maya that I would take care of you. Sirius scoffed, a dark look coming over his expression. Yeah, well, I promised her I'd take care of you too, and we promised her that we'd trust one another, but we both fucked up that one royally, didn't we? Remus sighed and pinched the bridge of his nose. Yes, we most certainly fucked that one up. Sorry. Sirius frowned and looked down at the stack of papers leaning against the wall of the cave. I'm still not exactly. I haven't been sleeping well. I've been trying to get into Hogwarts, at least near the Forbidden Forest, but with Beau Battens and the Durmstrang students constantly running around the grounds, I was only able to get in once before two French girls started screaming, Get get it away, filthy mongrel, he said in a mocking French accent. I could go back into the village and get you some food, Remus suggested, knowing that Sirius would continue to fight him on leaving Hogsmeade altogether. Don't waste your 
Nuts or knuts? Okay, see, I always said nuts, but the audiobook says knuts. Knuts it is. Don't waste your knuts on me, Mooney. Harry came to see me a few days ago, and he's ha- been having the elves send me food. Sirius assured him, looking miserable over the fact that his godson, the boy he was supposed to be taking care of, was, in fact, taking care of him instead. Just Harry? Remus asked, leaning down to pick up a copy of Witch Weekly. The page had been marked, and he smiled at the sight of Hermione dancing on the arm of the Bulgarian seeker Victor Crumb. At least that's what the caption read. The article had not said a decent thing about her, slandering her character completely. Harry Potter's secret heartache. A boy like no other, perhaps, yet a boy suffering all the usual pangs of adolescence, deprived of love since the tragic demise of his parents, 14-year-old Harry Potter thought he found solace in his steady girlfriend at Hogwarts, muggle-born Hermione Granger. Little did he know that he would be shortly suffering yet another emotional blow in a life already littered with personal loss. Miss Granger, a plain but ambitious girl, seems to have a taste for famous wizards that Harry alone cannot satisfy. Since the arrival at Hogwarts of Victor Crumb, Bulgarian seeker and hero of the last Quidditch World Cup, Miss Granger has been toying with both boys' affections. Crumb, who is openly smitten with the devious Miss Granger, has already invited her to visit him in Bulgaria over the summer holidays, and insists that he has never felt this way about any other girl. However, it might not However, it might not be Miss Granger's doubtful natural charms that have captured these unfortunate boys' interest. She's really ugly, says Pansy Parkinson, a pretty and vivacious fourth-year student, but she'd be well up to making a love potion. She's quite brainy. I think that's how she's doing it. Love potions are, of course, banned at Hogwarts, and no doubt Albus Dumbledore will want to investigate these claims. In the meantime, Harry Potter's well-wishers must hope that next time he bestows his heart on a worthier candidate. Jeez. Oh, yeah. No, they... That was the one thing that did bother me about the movies. They did not explain all of the articles that Rita Skeeter wrote. She was heinous. She was TMZ. She was TMZ. (laughs) Yeah, she really was. Are you wearing a robe? Huh? Are you wearing a robe? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is the very cushy, soft, wonderful Calvin Klein robe that I got from Jimmy's coworkers when he was doing COVID tests and vaccinations at Walgreens. Fancy. Um, yeah, they got me this. They got JD a couple of, um, they got him a little Nike outfit that was really cute. And I loved the shorts that came with it. I kept it because in case we have another kid, the shorts are great. Um, and then also it had like sports snaps at the bottom. It wasn't like traditional snaps. It was like little plastic black ones. I feel like you have to have had at least one onesie with them. They're great. They're my favorite. They're so much easier to open and close. Um, and then they also, okay, I'll get you. I'll find one with sports snaps. And send you They're great. Um, and then they got him like these little Mickey Mouse outfits and then they got Jimmy a uh, super dad mug and it's one of his favorite mugs and he uses it all I the time. I just realized we should go in on like nerd kid clothing together. Like, yes, boys because clothing. by the time my child grows it, it fits you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We okay. should do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Investment ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, the glow on me is from all of my plant lights. My, okay, 
It's not that visible. It's not that visible, but I feel like it's visible because I feel like the side of my face is like purple. Um, we said we weren't going to tell everybody that we had to break in recording, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because um, <laughs> my child woke up like 15 minutes before this episode would have been over. Uh, I am currently starting all of my seeds and I'm very excited about it. And right now, uh, I, for the first time ever, used a heat mat to speed propagation because uh, peppers and tomatoes like heat. And that was some real dramatic air quotes we did just then. <laughs> Speed propagation <laughs> and germination, whatever. Um, last year it took like three weeks for my peppers to pop up, and it took like two and a half weeks for my tomatoes. Uh, this time it took like I planted my tomatoes on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they're already up. Uh, it for those of you who are not tracking, it is currently Monday uh, when we're recording, so they were up in less than a week, and my peppers were up in ten days flat which is down from 20 days last year. So That's crazy. Yeah. So if you have been struggling with peppers and tomatoes, I highly recommend a heat mat. Um, also, I told myself I wasn't going to grow that many vegetables this year and I was going to focus on herbs because of my baby because I was like, I don't have a lot of time to contribute to propagating vegetables. I'm growing six, six different kinds of tomatoes. <laughs> If you have time Six to go viral tomatoes. on TikTok, you have time to grow vegetables, Claire. Don't even tell me you don't have Each the time. Each of my meme reading videos only takes a minute. Okay, but like also, she's had this earlier this week, and I texted her back and I was like, why don't I live next door to you? I would cook all your extras. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what the yes. hell? <laughs> Dude, I am literally going to be selling seedlings on Facebook Marketplace because I'm not going to have enough room for all of these. Or, or I mean... I can't plant anything, so that would do me no good. I yeah, just would, would need no extra. Good. I just need it once it's already grown. Yeah. When you no, have I, extras, and like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I got you. Dude, that, that's my neighbor. She's like, I, I don't know what to do with this plant, but I'm going to keep it and keep it alive. And I'm like, okay. Did not realize that the pepper plants I gave her last year, she brought them inside so they didn't just die outside like mine did when it got cold. She kept them alive. And she texted me the other day a picture of a red pepper that she'd taken a bite out of. And she texted me and she was like, what kind of pepper is this? And I was like, well, I gave you poblanos and lipstick sweet peppers. Because mm. it's red, I'm assuming that's a lipstick sweet. And she goes, that was my assumption. Uh, can poblanos turn red? Because I almost burned my face off. And I'm like, oh, I have yes. never kept a poblano on the plant long enough for it to turn red. But I think they might be able to. And she goes, okay. She was like, don't get me wrong. It was super good. But I probably shouldn't have eaten like a bell pepper. Yeah. If you... <laughs> Like all peppers, if you leave poblanos, peppers, 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 peppers. No, I it's made my- so many jalapenos mm. go red, and then they got the little yeah. stress marks on them. Dude, you, they were inedible. They were so hot. Yeah, yeah. Oops. I feel like I can't talk because I it's my day off because it's a bank holiday. So I had a cocktail at lunch when I went out to treat myself and uh, treat yourself. Rig- especially because I was like, should I go out and get lunch while I'm out? And I all. Micah text me was a treat yourself meme and I was like this is the right way to husband yes, yes. <laughs> okay okay we're gonna get back into reading because once again my child is napping uh, anyway the dead of time anyway the dead of time because Hannah Beth gets mad when we don't do transitions right Kat that's right <laughs> Even I though I'm, for, I'm technically forcing her to get mad, even though she really doesn't no, get that no, mad. No, she's like, I don't but... even get that mad. And Kat's like, she's going to get mad. It's, it's not mad. Just like, really? 
Because if I wanted to cut, then I couldn't. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient and slightly annoying. Yes. It doesn't make me yes. mad. But it's, it oh, is God, definitely Oh, God, slightly annoying makes me feel even worse. That's like, <laughs> when somebody says, I'm not mad, I'm not. I'm just disappointed. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just mildly yep. inconvenienced. And I'm like, oh, yep. that's worse. Yep. It's. It, I'm really not upset about it. It's just more complicated. <laughs> Muy complicado. Um, okay, so I had just finished reading the bullshit that what's your next wizarding tmz yeah wizarding tmz by the way something i thought about do they know what tmz is like in england and all those okay so we should probably tell them what that is let's let's just be clear it's the sun okay for the oh yes oh yes (laughs) the sun they're gonna be like what the tmz tmz was the shitbag reporters who went to lebron's house before they're his the, wife even knew he was dead. As I said, they're the ones who broke the story about LeBron James being dead yeah, in a helicopter before, crash. And before told his wife. His wife and told his, told his yeah. wife. Before because he, they went to her house to ask for a statement. Yes. Before the cops, before even, the cops had had confirmed even, that he was dead. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, they just do all kinds of crappy things, don't they're they? They're yeah. horrible people. Okay. Like, and I'm going to I'm gonna Google this before I totally screw myself. But I'm pretty sure it was reported from The Sun that we're chasing Princess Diana. Huh? Oh. Okay. Oh, was it? I'm pretty sure. Well, I I, I thought it was. Uh, I knew it was reporters, but I can't. I know it was paparazzi, but I can't. Paparazzo. I think that they regularly. S- it may have been the sun. Yeah. So yeah, same energy. Same energy. Um, okay. Also, I tried watching Spencer. I couldn't. I couldn't finish it. I'm sorry. I know some people liked it, but it felt like every line that Kristen Stewart had she whispered and when she whispered it she like spit it out as fast as she could and i feel like diana didn't talk like this all the time <laughs> i got like, every line out of her mouth i was like why are you just interesting spitting everything out so fast in harsh i voice. know so i've heard a couple of kristen stewart interviews because like dax shepherd interviewed her on armchair expert and Did she he? talked about watching lots of footage of her to get her accent like she worked with i know she worked so hard but i maybe yeah. i just didn't watch enough of diana talk but it was it was rough yeah i i couldn't finish it just because it she had bella energy it, i've heard that from so many people she had diana bella energy and it just it bothered me but was it the sun uh-huh. Mm-mm. Here comes the sun. That's so much. But happier. scary. Uh, Ooh, another Beatles moment. Uh, when I find myself in times of trouble, Remus Lupin comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Here, eat this. It'll help. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, wait. Have you heard? Okay, speaking of like celebrities being interviewed. Have you seen the carpool karaoke with um, James Beatle? Gordon? Yes, but who is the Beatle who's still alive? Who did Paul McCartney? Thank oh, you. Paul McCartney. Because yes. I almost said I John Lennon, and I was like, still alive, but he wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right, right. But I was thinking John Lennon, and I was like, well, that's definitely not right. No, definitely not. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. That was very interesting okay, because they because, did more than just drive. Yes, yeah. but the mother, Mary, his mother's name was Mary. Yeah, oh, yeah no, that song. Um, Mother Mary is referring to his mother. It was a dream he had. Yes, but I had never heard that. I always assumed Mother Mary was like 
mother of Jesus, Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, and so let it be and yesterday were both dreams. And hmm. I know that because Blaze is a huge Beatles fan. And his yeah, I knew Beatles. that. But. Okie dokie. Yeah. I okay. can't find what I'm trying it's to fine. do and what I'm Googling is not helpful, but anyway. No worries. All right. Um, anyway, the dead and of time. And we also hope that the queen recovers from her COVID. Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, Kat, I just got your, oh no, froze message. So I'm glad you're unfrozen. <laughs> yeah, because every, every, it's because of like Instagram and stuff. Every time I hear, oh no, I always think of that sound. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. No, 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 no. That's all I think about now. <laughs> okay, God, we're such millennials. The anyway. other one that kills me every time I hear it. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Okay. You know that's from Parks and Rec, right? <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It's John okay. Ralphia and Mona Lisa at in season seven when John Ralphio fakes his own death. It's him and Mona Lisa hiding behind a tree, watching John Ralphio's funeral. Go don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. That's them. Yeah. That's, yeah. It makes me happy every time. Okay, so everything okay. I can see just says the paparazzi. It doesn't specify. Right. But, like, the sun were notoriously terrible about Princess Di, so I'm going to yeah. just say that's not a far leap. Anyway. No, no. It's Also, I keep staring at my child. He's so cute. Like, <laughs> at what point do you just stop staring at them and going, I made that? Also, he's got probably the- when no. I can't 18. say that he might listen to this someday. I can't embarrass him, <laughs> but he's just cute. Like he's you cute. have it already, but okay. <laughs> okay, I have I have weird cute aggression towards my son's ass. Like <laughs> just <laughs> he has a couple of onesies that even in a diaper he has a butt crack. <laughs> And it just gives me, it makes me so happy. Okay, anyway, they really are. Anyway, the dead of time. <clears throat> the other two came to visit as well, Sirius said, snatching the magazine from Remus's hands and talk- talking it, tossing it back onto the pile in the corner. The other two? Remus rose an eyebrow. Are you trying to distance yourself from Hermione? Why not? She's not Maya. Remus rolled his eyes dramatically. Excuse me? You're the one who fought me last summer telling me that they were the same person. What's changed? Sirius turned his eyes away from him. Is this about the Bulgarian? Remus laughed. Oh, Merlin, you're so dramatic. She's fourteen. Fifteen, Sirius corrected him, and she went on one date with him. And then she became so important to him that she was dropped into the middle of the Black Lake, all for some stupid tournament. Remus scoffed. Well, to be fair, considering how many girls Maya teleport keyed into that lake, I'd say it's pretty decent karma. There was a pregnant pause before Sirius whispered, Lily almost died in that lake. Wincing as the memory flooded straight to the forefront of his mind, Remus groaned and walked across the cave to take a seat down beside his friend. I'm sorry, Pads. I... I forgot. Sirius sighed miserably. She's a teenage girl, and even though I don't see her, like, can't see her like I want to, 
She's still mine. Remus nodded in full understanding. He had spent the entire previous year watching Hermione grow, and it was hard to reconcile the two witches. Despite his very intimate history with Maya, he never saw Hermione in that way, so he understood exactly how Sirius felt. She might not know about the soul bond, but I do, and it's my job to make sure she's safe and happy. Right now, she's not safe, and Harry's not safe, and I can't do a thing about it. I just have to sit and pretend like I don't know who or what she is. You have no idea how that feels. You'd be surprised, Remus muttered, and ran a hand through his hair, hesitating for a moment before deciding to confess. I, uh, I found my mate. I love this. Like, I remember reading this part and going, Sirius is going to kill him. Yep. <laughs> Sirius's eyes widened, evidently pulled out of his depression. I'm sorry, you what? When? Who is it? he asked, excitedly. Remus shook his head. I can't really say. Let's just go with the fact that she's younger than me, and I've had to do exactly what you're doing. Watch her grow up and wait, all the while hoping she doesn't accidentally get herself killed. Killed? What, is your mate a dragon tamer? No, but she apparently dated one, Remus bitterly replied, recalling a recent conversation with Nymphadora, where she told him about her short-lived relationship with Charlie Weasley while the two were still at Hogwarts. Okay, this is one of my favorite, like, fanon theories yes. that Nymphadora and Charlie dated in yes. school. Okay. Yes, anyway. I love it so much. That's like Ed Sheeran dating some punk rocker. Like, that just doesn't <laughs> yes. go together. Yes. Oh, I my love it God. So much. But it it also does because Charlie is the one with long hair and... Oh, no, that's Bill. No, that's Bill. Bill is the one with long hair and the fang earring. <laughs> Charlie. I know Hannah Beth is like, but wait, oh, wait, no, that's Bill. I'm just going to correct myself because I was <laughs> stirred in my conviction of my point and then I changed but no, like, Charlie, I always pictured with, like, fairly close-cropped hair, maybe a little bit spiky, and just, like, built. Like, not strong man, like, big belly built, and not, like, eight-pack, but, like, functional fit. Like, mm -hmm. functionally fit, very, mm -hmm. like, big arms, lots of scars, tanned yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, not... Not Magic Mike, just Not magic in shape. Mike. Just no. really in shape. Yeah, like construction worker built. Okay. Okay, uh, furniture mover, movers, like people who lift things. Again, functional fitness, people who are... See, this is what I think of football players. Fair. Not... Like, not like linemen, but like just some of the other specialty teams. Quarterback players. style. Yeah, like, who, I are, see him, who are I see him. who are definitely in shape, but not like insanely cut or any of that yeah. nonsense. Because just again, a reminder: nobody fucking looks like men in movies. They literally starve and dehydrate themselves up until the point where they should probably be hospitalized, and that's when they film, and then they have to take like three days to recover. Well, actually, some people do in real life. A certain ex, whatever you want to call him, of Claire's who works out quite frequently. I think he looks like a guy from a movie, and he actually does it correctly. 
There's not a way to be that cut correct. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, we're talking about no. like magic when Mike. like <laughs> no, not even magic Mike. Like Chris Hemsworth with Thor. Yeah. Or, or Jason Momoa. Any, yeah, any shirtless yeah. Marvel movie. When they are like super, like you can yeah, see but the Claire, li- You can't deny that he looks like that, though. Like the amount that he. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I need pictures. He, yes. I need pictures. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, because like the amount that he crossfits and stuff well, and he everything. Owns a like a freaking gym. Yeah, I, I know mean, that. But, but I know people that have really cut abs that just they themselves have really, like, low body fat percentages. But to me, the difference between that and, like, there's a difference between just, like, low body fat, high muscle mass to, like, you should get some hydration via an IV. You are so yeah. like Like, I can't even enjoy some of those movies or TV shows anymore because I'm like, you just look sick to me. Like, yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, not I get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean. Anyway, but like when Chris Pratt was either cutting for one of the Jurassic Parks or for the second Guardians, he would like, he had bits about like his food and he would show like his snacks for the day or his breakfast. And I was like, that is not enough calories to keep a human being going. Like it yeah, just. Or like, um, or like Matthew McConaughey when he was doing, um, what was it? The the one Dallas with the guy Club. with the, yes. When he was saying I was drinking a thing of red wine, like a glass of red wine and like a thing of chicken, and that was it. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you're gonna die, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I just can't see it. It's not attractive to me anymore because it just looks like starving guys now, and it just looks like anorex because like the picture of anorexic women is just like painfully frail yeah. thin women, but like. Mm-hmm. That's to me the picture of anorexic men, and you. So like, I just can't. It's not attractive. It's not attractive because it looks like they're starving and have an eating disorder, and yeah, need help. I, <laughs> I, I I totally get it. Anyway, the dead of time. Also, uh, when this chapter is over, we are going to do a brief conversation with Cat regarding the Hermione Maya conundrum. So thank stay God, tuned. because I have these screenshots of all my Google research that I gotta get out. Oh my God, chest. this is gonna be amazing. Okay, uh, do you need to know where you are? Or so you know we just said are? that Tonk stated Charlie. Oh yes, that's right. Oh, I was trying to figure out how we pouting. Got- oh, now who's pouting? Sirius said mockingly. Fine, Remus huffed. Aren't we a pair of sad sods? Sad sods sitting in the corner. In the corner. <laughs> Glad you're on the same page. Your girl dated a dragon tamer, and mine's dating a famous professional Quidditch player. Sirius sighed and leaned back against the cold stone wall of the cave. And one day, if we're very, very lucky, they'll both settle for a werewolf and a felon. I I feel like what he did is slightly beyond felon, but okay. (laughs) Well, what he's accused of. Uh, Remus did not want to tell Sirius that he was already making small strides with his mate. He didn't want to jinx himself by hoping his friendship with Nymphadora was more than it was, and he also did not think it was appropriate to rub his momentary happiness in his friend's face. What the hell do we even have to offer? Remus asked aloud. We're good looking, Sirius suggested. Each took a moment to look the other over. 
Sirius, in his torn robes, skinny, pale, and dirty once again, though not as badly as he had been right after his prison escape. Remus, in his patched brown second-hand robes, gray hair, and scarred face. We used to be good-looking, Sirius corrected. (laughs) (laughs) At least your witch actually gets to go back in time and see you at your best. Mine will have to settle for an old, poor, gray-haired werewolf. She won't care. She's your mate, Sirius pointed out. Maya used to say things like that. Remus smiled thoughtfully. I can still complain about it, though. You gonna tell me who she is? Remus shook his head. Not a chance. There was an uncomfortable silence that filled the air. After a few minutes of watching Buckbeak gnaw on some chicken bones left over from when Harry, Hermione, and Ron brought food, Sirius spoke up. I'm worried about Harry. Me too. And scene. Oh, it was rough to get to the end of that. <laughs> like It was literally like three minutes of reading and we were done. Anyway. Uh, so, cat. It occurred to one of our listeners who pointed it out to me that perhaps the word disappearing is what was throwing things off. So, we're going to use a different analogy instead of using lotion and a pocket knife. Um... Hermione is born September 1971. No, 1979? There we go. There we go. And she lives her entire life as Hermione Granger up until the day before her birthday, at which point she boards a plane and takes that plane back to 1971. Plane being a portkey, portkey is a form of travel, travel, plane, portkey, plane. So she travels from 1998... To 1971. There you go. On a plane. Porky. And then she lives up until right before her birth, at which point she is touching another porky, which is like a plane, and she boards that plane again. Does that make sense? Hermione lives up until her 19th birthday. Then she gets on a plane and goes back to whatever the 1971. Hell year. Yeah, 1971. Where she takes a potion and becomes Maya. Right. Yeah. The ages becomes somehow, Maya. And then somehow she gets on another plane and comes back to her 19th birthday. My head hurts. But- That's something new. You've never said that before. Yeah, but even though you two know that what I just said is significant, I don't understand why that's significant besides the fact that maybe I grasp some kind of concept without realizing it. When does she yes. get off the plane again? When it rains in Spain. God, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> in 1971. Okay, so she gets on in 1998. Okay. Her 19th birthday in 1998 is Key West. Her time is Maya is Orlando. She's in Key West. She gets on the plane. She goes to Orlando. She spends all of that time in Orlando. She gets on the plane to go back to her 19th birthday. Which is Key West, yes? Yes. So when she gets back to Key West, what is she going to do with the airplane? I don't know. What do you do? Okay, if you were flying from Key West to Orlando, when you get to Orlando, what do you do on the airplane? You get off. Okay. And then when you're done with your vacation in Orlando, you get on the plane to go to Key West. When you get to Key West, 
You get off. And then you are now in... Your original timeline. Yes! You are back in Key West. Okay. So she's going to be... Back in her original timeline, eventually. Yep. Yes. However. <laughs> that still doesn't mean anything to you, does it? Oh my no, God. it means absolutely nothing to you. You're literally saying the words. It's okay. Hey, we have we have half of book three left, and she'll we'll get there. Okay, but here here's the thing. Okay, so I googled what a time turner is, okay? <laughs> yes, I googled what a time turner is. So, it said that a time turner was a magical device used for time travel. Obviously, we all get that. That's not that hard. So, it says the number of times one turned the hourglass corresponded to the number of hours one traveled back in time. So, that's kind of like when they went to go save Buckbeak. So, yes. that's like... Whatever. So, but it says, however, they could only stay in the past for five hours at a time without the possibility of serious harm to the traveler or to time itself. So, it's kind of like, in my head, I don't understand how she can stay in Maya form for so long without messing up the time or without the possibility of harm to herself is so, what I don't get. The time, so the time turner that you were talking about is gold with white sand. The one that she uses to go back to 1971 is a different time turner that Shia made up. She created it. So this okay. one is both, for the purpose of this story. For, for the purpose of this story. So right. that time turner can go significantly further in the past. Obviously, she goes back 30 years. It 20 years? 30. 27 years. Okay. Same 98 to difference. Yeah. Okay. Same difference. So about 30 years. Um, so she can go back further, but it can also put her ahead. So it, it sends you back for a set period of time. It's like a timer. So like, okay, okay you, it's the airplane that you're going on a trip and you have a set leave date, set departure time and a set arrival time. Yeah. So. Okay, so it's kind of like it's kind of like the whole back to the future thing again because that's the only yes. thing that makes sense yes. in my yes. head. Yes. In yes. the DeLorean, yes. 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 they can change it and he has to go back at a certain time otherwise like Correct. he never gets can't more. miss the train. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's Got the it. same idea as back to the future. And even when Maya disappears, Rima says, "Oh, so I know when you go back. Like I know the departure date, right? Yeah. From you leaving right. from 1979." Yeah, because he is the one who charms it. So he charms right. it to send her back to this exact time in 1971 and then return her to this exact time in 1998. Yeah, because, because she always has up, to exist. Yeah, because when I looked up what a port key is, it says that it can also be enchanted to transport the grasper or graspers only at a given time so yep. it's kind of like this had to be at a certain time so yes. maya could only live up into a certain time before she had to go away because it was gonna mess up with the time ding, 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 ding. yes okay if your port key is a boot and that boot is scheduled to depart at 8.37 p.m., you can be holding that fucker all day long. It's not going to transport you anywhere until 8.37 p.m. Yeah. 
So. And whoever's touching the boot at 837 is getting transported. Yes. So if you're not touching it, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. Nowhere. That is a Boondock Saints reference for those of you who don't get it. Love that fucking movie. Okay. So based on all of that, that means that when we get to the end of this, we're going to be back to the beginning again at her 19th birthday. Because time is a loop. Time is a loop. So. Yeah. Yes. So this book is going to... Just let it, just let it sit I'll there. Just let it write. Just let it sit Just there. let it sit Okay. We made strides. Okay. I can hear the cheering of the fire whiskers. Um, all right. Well, now that we have that taken care of, let's thank the patrons. Thanks to our February foxes. MZ, Tyler, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Steph, Sierra, Stacy, Leanne, Camille, Kiara, Martina, Shannon, Lynn, Nicole, Claire, Amara, Diana, Jackie, Kenny, Amber, Ryland, Matthias, Carissa, Rachel, Chelsea, Holly, Sarah, April, Cauldron Mist, Molly, Kaylin, Muggle Trucker, another one for the swear jar, Audrey, Melissa, Sarah. Thank you so much to all of our foxes. We love you and appreciate you. And thank you again to all of our patrons. And for those of you who celebrate, uh, happy Fat Tuesday coming up this Tuesday, March 1st. Um, can we also take a second to appreciate the fact that my husband, who has only ever been to Mardi Gras once, got so excited by a king cake at the commissary that we bought it. And that mother trucker got the baby this morning. So I'm a little better. But the bitch. <laughs> you said it, not me. Also, I want king cake now. That's so mean. You're welcome. The frosting <sighs> is still my favorite part because it's coated in sugar, but that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I was very excited. Uh, like, people from Louisiana are going to hate me, but it's just real, real good pound cake. <laughs> it, 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 it's yes. basically what it is. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a Kringle. Is that the right term? I guess. It's like a cinnamon thingy. Yeah. Kind of. But anyway, it's delicious. If you have king cake near you, you should try it. It's awesome. Also, throw some chicory in your coffee. Life will be great. Mm. Uh, chicory coffee. So, happy Mardi Gras, everybody. And uh, we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Watcha. Don't forget, next week's episode is the last of the season. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website fwhpod.com If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.